بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار so in the previous lesson we had a discussion regarding at-tawassul at-tawassul because this was mentioned in the poetry ascribed to ibn taymiyyah rahimahullah وَمَوَدَّةُ الْقُرْبَى بِهَا أَتَوَسَّلُ Through love of the near relatives of the Messenger ﷺ. By way of them, by loving them, do I seek a means of nearness to Allah. This is the meaning of that line. So we discussed the linguistic definition of al-wasila, the meaning of al-wasila in the Qur'an, which means righteous actions, good deeds, and we established that al-wasila and at-tawassal is of two types, that which is legislated and has a basis in the sharia. And this is of three types. And that is seeking nearness to Allah by way of his names and his attributes. And seeking nearness to Allah by way of righteous actions. And thirdly, one's own righteous actions. And thirdly, um, by the supplication of a righteous person. And as for the innovated forms of tawassal, we said that it comprises that which is shirk, that which comprises major shirk, which is labeled as tawassal, but really it is seeking aid and assistance from other than Allah, seeking rescue from other than Allah. And there is an innovated form, which is seeking nearness to Allah by the status and the rank and the physical bodies of the righteous people or the prophets. And we said that this has no basis in the Qur'an or the Sunnah. Because the wasila mentioned in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and as explained by the Sahaba, the most knowledgeable of the Qur'an, it, does not, it is not the wasila which is intended by those people who came many, many, many centuries afterwards, and who take it to mean the physical bodies, or the status, or the rank, or the honor. And then we looked at some of the specific proofs that they use, and we said that the proofs that they use, there is nothing in that for them. Rather, the proofs that they use are in fact against them. Whether it is the ayah in the Qur'an uh, that we mentioned, or whether it is the hadith regarding the blind man. So we discussed that in detail in the last uh, lesson. And so today we move into the fourth line in the poetry. And the fourth line is still regarding the companions. So in the first line, it was mentioned in general that loving the Sahaba, all of them, is a school of doctrine, is for me a school of doctrine. And loving the Ahlul Bayt, or loving the near relatives of the Messenger, then it is a means of tawassal. And then in the next line, وَلِكُلِّهِمْ قَدْرٌ وَفَضْلٌ سَاتِئٌ And there are actually some variations in uh, the different versions of this poetry. In some it says, وَلِكُلِّهِمْ قَدْرٌ وَفَضْلٌ سَاتِعٌ This is what you should have in the, the printout. Which means that to all of them, there is, a loft, there is a status and a rank and a excellent virtue, uh, abundant of excellent virtues. And in some other versions it says, وَلِكُلِّهِمْ قَدْرٌ عَلَى وَلِكُلِّهِمْ قَدْرٌ عَلَى وَفَضَائِلُ which has a similar meaning, that to each of them there is a lofty rank and many virtues. So the meaning is essentially uh, the same. Then the second half, لَا كِنَّمَ السِّدِّيقُ مِنْهُمْ أَفْضَلُ However, as-siddiq, meaning Abu Bakr, as-siddiq, he is the most excellent and the most virtuous of them all. So this then, inshallah ta'ala, will be the subject of today's lesson and maybe the next lesson as well. And so here we have a mention of the fact that all of the Sahaba in general 
have virtues and excellencies. However, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu is the most virtuous of them all. So we have some brief commentary first of all from Sheikh Salih as-Suhaymi ta'ala. So he says that here now he explains, the author of the poetry explains that there are ranks amongst the Sahaba. So in the first line of poetry we established that we love all of the Sahaba, all of them as a general principle of belief. And likewise, the Ahlul Bayt, they have a special position in our hearts. But then after this we say that all of the Sahaba, no doubt they, they all have virtue and excellence, but amongst them there are ranks, there are degrees and levels. This is after we believe and establish that every single one of them was reliable and trustworthy. They were upright and trustworthy. And likewise, it is obligatory to, to, to love every single one of them and to believe that they are the most virtuous and excellent of people after the Prophet wasallam. And in this respect, we don't distinguish between one or the other, meaning in the sense that we have to love all of them. But from another angle, we do establish, we do affirm that some of them are more superior and virtuous than others. And so from them all, as we learn in this poetry, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu, then he is the most virtuous of them all. And inshallah ta'ala we will look at in some detail all of the virtues of Abu Bakr in particular. So anyone who took the guidance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam directly and he took the Qur'an from them directly, then we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned all of them uh, with praise and has promised all of them with paradise. And specifically Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he has been mentioned in the Qur'an on numerous occasions. He himself has been mentioned specifically in the Qur'an on numerous occasions. So this is just really a summary of what is said by the Shaykh. It is very brief and... Uh, we move on to uh, some other commentary and then we see that Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala in his tafsir he speaks in general about the Sahaba. So he says Allah the mighty that he is pleased with the, with, with As-Sabiqeen. As-Sabiqeen meaning those who are the foremost in faith from the Muhajireen and the Ansar meaning those who accepted Islam at the earliest period who were first in accepting Islam. And he said that Allah is pleased with them. And as for those who followed them, who follow in their way, that Allah is likewise pleased with them. So woe be to the one who hated them. Woe be to the one who hated them, or who reviled them, or who hated some of them, or reviled some of them. So as a whole, or only some of them. And especially the chief of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, after the messenger of Allah, and the best of them, and the most virtuous of them, which is As-Siddiq Al-Akbar, As-Siddiq Al-Akbar, the greatest Siddiq, the greatest of the truthful ones. Wal-Khalifatul A'zam, and the greatest Khalifa, and he is Abu Bakr bin Abi Qahafah, radiallahu anhum. <coughs> then he continues and he says, for there is a group of the Rafida, there is a abandoned group of the Rafida who show enmity to the greatest of the Sahaba. They hate them and revile them, and refuge is from Allah. And this indicates that their intellects are have been overturned, have been overturned, and likewise their hearts have been again overturned. And as we said in the previous lesson, that you really have to be a donkey to believe in the doctrines of the Rafida. You have to be a donkey. You have to have the aql of a donkey to believe in the doctrines of the Rafida. Because this is how ridiculous they are. So anyway, he says that this indicates that their intellects have been overturned and their hearts likewise are overturned. So he says, so where are these people? Where are these people compared to the Qur'an, in relation to the Qur'an, having faith in the Qur'an? When they revile those whom Allah is pleased with. As for Ahlul Sunnati, as for Ahlul Sunnah, 
then they ask for Allah's pleasure upon those whom Allah is pleased with. And they revile whomever Allah and His Messenger revile. And they show allegiance to whomever Allah shows allegiance. And they show enmity to whomever Allah shows enmity. And they are followers. They make ittiba. They are not innovators. And they guide themselves and they don't initiate things from themselves. So they are the Hizb of Allah, the successful, the believing, the believing servants of Allah. This is a statement from Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, speaking about the general position and status of the Sahaba and Abu Bakr in particular. And likewise, we have another narration from Humaid bin Ziyad that he said, that I said one day to Muhammad bin Ka'ab al-Kurazi, one of the tabi'een. So he said, will you not inform me about the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and what happened amongst them of the tribulations, the trials that took place amongst them. So Muhammad bin Ka'ab, he said, indeed Allah the Most High has, has forgiven all of them, and he has made paradise obligatory upon them in his book. So in his book, he has made paradise obligatory upon them. Both the ones who did righteousness and the ones who might have had some mistakes or fell into errors. So then I said to him, so now this is Humaid, he said, I said to him, in which part in the Quran did he make paradise obligatory upon them? And then he said, do you not read in the Quran the saying of Allah, the Most High, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُحَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ To the end of the verse. Which is, in which Allah mentions those who were foremost in faith from the Muhajireen and the Ansar to the end of the ayah. Then he says, so therefore you will know that Allah the Most High has made paradise obligatory upon all of the companions of the Prophet wasallam. And then he said, he made a condition upon those who follow them. And what was that condition? He said, so Ziyad asks, what was that condition? And so he replied, he made a condition upon them that they follow the Sahaba upon Ihsan. They make ittiba of the Sahaba, they follow them in goodness, which means that they follow them in the righteous deeds that they did. In all of the righteousness that they did, that they follow them in that. In speech, and they follow them in their speech. And that they don't speak about them in any, with, anything, with anything which is evil. And nor do they revile them. And so then Humaid, when he got this answer and this explanation about this ayah from Muhammad bin Ka'ab, he said, it is as if I had never read this ayah before. It is as if I'd never come across this ayah before. Because obviously he didn't know the meaning of this verse. So when he understood the meaning, it is as if I never came across this uh, verse before. And likewise, Al-Imam al-Sana'ani in his book, Subul al-Salam, when he explained the hadith, of Imran bin Hussein, the hadith of Imran bin Hussein, who says that the messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, the best of generations is my generation, then those who follow them, then those who follow them. So he explained it to mean that what is meant by this first of all, is the Muslims in his time. So this is the Sahaba, the Muslims in his time. Then he said those who follow them, meaning the Tabi'un, the Tabi'un, those who met the Sahaba, and who studied from the Sahaba. Then he said, those who follow them, meaning after them, meaning the followers of the Tabi'een. And this shows that the Sahaba are the most virtuous and the most excellent, then the Tabi'een, and then, who's, then those who come after them, the Tabi'een. So after all of this, we understand here from all of this, that the Sahaba, no doubt, are the best of creation after the Prophets and Messengers. So after all of the prophets and messengers, the best of creation are the Sahaba in general. The Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And amongst the Sahaba, then the greatest of them all are the Muhajirun. The Muhajirun, those who left Mecca, they made emigration from Mecca to Medina, who abandoned their wealth their families, their positions, their, their possessions, and they left uh, Mecca to make hijrah to Medina. And the best of those who are from the Muhajirun 
are the ones who fought in the battle of Badr. The battle of Badr. And then from those, the best of those who fought in the battle of Badr are the four rightly guided Khulafa, which is, of course, Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali. And from these four, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is the most virtuous of them all. So we see clearly that amongst the Sahaba, even though all of them have excellence and virtue, then we see that there are differences between them in terms of the amount of sacrifice that they went through and the amount of striving that they made. And we see here that there are those who accepted Islam very early. There were those who had to abandon their possessions and their families. And there were those who uh, had to fight in the initial period when the mushrikeen were you know, fighting against them. And amongst them were those who, uh, you know, they, 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 they partook in more battles than others. There are many different factors and parameters which makes us understand that, of course, there are differences in virtue amongst the Sahaba. And when we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even in the Qur'an, He has distinguished between the Prophets in terms of excellence and virtue. From one angle, we don't distinguish between the Prophets. We believe in them all. We make no distinction from one angle. But from the other angle, we see that there's also this, we see that there is actually uh, there are some of them who are more excellent than others, and this is established in the Quran itself, as Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah number two, verse two hundred and fifty-three. Allah says, minhum man Allah darajat." Allah says, these are the messengers we have made some to excel over others. And amongst them is one whom Allah spoke to. And some of them he raised in ranks. Some of them he raised in ranks. So clear proof here that some of the messengers were raised above others. And likewise, in another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُلَّنْ نُمِدُّ هَؤُلَاءِ وَهَؤُلَاءِ مِنْ عَطَاءِ رَبِّكَ وَمَا كَانَ عَطَاءُ رَبِّكَ مَحْذُورًا انظر كيف فضلنا بعدهم على بعد وَلَلْآخِرَةُ أَكْبَرُ دَرَجَاتٍ وَأَكْبَرُ تَفْضِيلًا This is in Surah Al-Isra, Surah number 17, verses 20 to 21. And in the second verse here, Allah says, Look at how we made some to excel over others meaning from the prophets. And in the hereafter is the greatest of ranks and the greatest of excellence. So we see then that even in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has you know, made some prophets to be more uh, excellent than others. So in that case, we see that therefore there's no harm that amongst the Sahaba there should be those who are more virtuous than others and more righteous than others. And so this then brings us to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. And so for the remainder of this lesson, we will try to focus upon the excellences and the virtues of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. And so, first of all, he is the most excellent of the Sahaba by ijma' by ijma' by unanimous consensus of the Muslims. There is no dispute that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is the, is the most virtuous and the most excellent of the Sahaba. And he is in fact the most virtuous man on this earth after the prophets and the messengers. After all of the prophets and messengers, he is the most virtuous man. And after him, no doubt, there is Umar ibn al-Khattab and then Uthman, and then Ali <coughs> radiallahu anhu, and then the remaining of the ten which were promised paradise, the ten which were promised paradise. So from them there is Sa'id bin Zayd, Sa'id bin Zayd, and likewise Sa'd bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu, and also Abdurrahman bin Auf, and Talha bin Ubaidillah, and likewise Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah, and also Zubair bin al-Awwam. So these are the ten that were promised paradise. And then after them, the rest of those who fought in the battle of Badr, and then those who fought in the battle of Uhud, and then those who gave the pledge of allegiance, then the rest of the 
of the Sahaba. So the scholars have given a clear order of excellency. Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu, then the three Khulafa after him, then the ten promised paradise, then those who fought in Al-Badr, then who fought in Uhud, and then those who gave the pledge of allegiance after that, and then the rest of the Sahaba. So all of this is by way of unanimous consensus, and Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah, and others, we shall mention these narrations later on as well, that he narrates from Ali bin Abi Talib, radiallahu anhu, that he said, the best of this ummah, after its prophet, is Abu Bakr and Umar. And this is narrated from Umar, uh, from Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And so Al-Hafidh al-Zahabi, rahimahullah, he said, هَذَا مُتَوَاتِرٌ عَنْ Ali." That this statement is narrated from Ali by very strong transmission, by overwhelming transmission, meaning that it is so uh, well known and transmitted from him through so many different people and conveyed through so many people that it is actually mutawatir. So he says, هَذَا مُتَوَاتِرٌ عَنْ Ali." Radiallahu anhu, Allahu ma ajhalahum. So may Allah's curse be upon the Rafida. How ignorant, how ignorant they are. And as we said, the Rafida are donkeys because they believe in that which cannot be believed by anyone with, with intellect. So as for Abu Bakr as Siddiq, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, then he is, his full name is Abdullah. Bin Uthman bin Amr, this is obviously his full lineage. Abdullah bin Uthman bin Amr bin Amr bin Ka'ab bin Sa'ad bin Taym ibn Marrah al Qurashi al Tamimi Abu Bakr al Siddiq bin Abi Qahafa. So, in short, if you want his name in short, it is Abdullah bin Abi Qahafa Abu Bakr. So, his kunya Abu Bakr. Abdullah, his name. And bin Abi Qahafa. And he is the Khalifa of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So he his mother was known as Salma bint Sakhar. Salma bint Sakhar. And he was born two years after the year of the elephant. And the year of the elephant is when that king from Yemen came with elephants to try and destroy the Kaaba. And this is mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Fil. Alam tara fil So he was born two and a half years after that occurrence, which is roughly around 570 ish, 570 um, uh, in 570 CE, according to the Christian calendar, 500 CE. And he accompanied the Prophet ﷺ before he became a messenger, before he was a prophet or a messenger. So he was already from the companions of the Prophet Muhammad before he became a prophet. And he was the first of those who entered into Iman and he spent all of his time with him in Mecca. And likewise, he accompanied him when the messenger made hijrah from Mecca to Medina. And likewise, he was in the cave, in the cave when they were being pursued by the mushrikeen. And he witnessed all of the major events that took place. And on the day of Tabuk, on the day of Tabuk, he was the one who was carrying the flag, the flag. And he also made hajj amongst the people, with the people during the lifetime of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the ninth year of Hijrah. And then he became the Khalifa of the earth. After the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu passed away, he became the Khalifa upon the earth. And the Muslims referred to him as they gave him, gave him a title. They said he is Khalifa to Rasulullah. Khalifa to Rasulullah. And his own father, who's alive, he also became a Muslim. His father accepted Islam as well. And he also narrated a hadith from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So as for his descriptions, then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was a very uh, pale 
of white complexion. He was a very thin man. He was very thin and light. Light in his body. And he um, would have uh, veins that were visible on his face. His face, you could see veins on his face. And his forehead was, um, it would protrude. His forehead was protruding. And he would also use henna. He would also use henna to dye, you know, to dye his hair with. Ibn Ishaq says that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was the most knowledgeable of the Arabs with respect to lineage, with respect to the lineage of the Quraysh. He was the most knowledgeable of genealogy. And Al-Ijli said that he was the most knowledgeable of the Quraysh about the genealogy of the Quraysh. And also Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he was a man who was a very beloved man to all of his people, to his qawm, and he was the most knowledgeable of them about the history of the Quraysh and the virtues of the Quraysh and also some of the, the bad things of the Quraysh. What was in the history of the virtues and the, also the bad things. He was a trader. He was a trader. He was a tajir. So he was a businessman. He was, tra- he was trading. And he had excellent manners. Ex- the most excellent of manners. And the people used to come to him and feel very um, inclined towards him. Because of his manners. And because of the excellence of his company and the ease in his company. And likewise, he would also call to Islam those whom he knew. So Abu Bakr, عنه, when he accepted Islam, he also began to call to Islam those who were from the people who mixed with him. And who were the main people? There were some major people that came to Islam through him. Then they were from those people who were actually later promised paradise by the Messenger of Allah Wasallam, And from them are Uthman, Radiallahu anhu, and likewise Talha, and likewise Az Zubair, and likewise Sa'ad, and likewise Abdurrahman bin Auf. These are four or five of the companions that actually were promised paradise by the Messenger of Allah. So they are Uthman, and Talha, and Az Zubair, and Sa'ad, and Abdurrahman bin Auf. Sorry? Sa'ad bin Zaid, uh, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas, sorry. Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas. Now, as for the virtues of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiallahu anhu, then they are very, very many. And first of all, we should mention that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, um, had many different titles. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq has many different titles. First of all, his title is Al-Atiq. One of the titles of Abu Bakr is Al-Atiq, which means the delivered one, the one who is saved. Because the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said to Abu Bakr, you are the Atiq of Allah from the fire. Meaning you are the one who has been delivered and saved by Allah. From the fire. This is a hadith narrated by Ibn Hibban. Ibn Hibban. And it is Sahih. And in, in another narration from Aisha. Radiallahu anha. Who said. <coughs> that Abu Bakr. Entered upon the messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Who said to him. Glad tidings. For you are the atiq. Atiq of Allah. From the fire. Narrated by At-Tirmidhi. It is declared authentic by Shaykh al-Albani. Rahimahullah. In Silsalah As-Sahihah. So you are the delivered one of Allah from the fire. So therefore one of the names of Abu Bakr is Al-Atiq. Al-Atiq. The second name of Abu Bakr is As-Siddiq, which is his most famous name. And he was given this uh, title. This title is actually from number of different angles. There are numerous angles as to why he was given this name. First of all, this name was given to him by the Prophet ﷺ himself. Because we see in a narration 
as occurs in the hadith of Anas, that the messenger of Allah was ascending Uhud. And likewise, Abu Bakr and Umar. And Uthman, they're all with him. And Uhud, it shook due to a tremor. And so he said, Be firm, Uhud, for there is upon you a prophet and a Siddiq, a Siddiq, and two martyrs. So there was Abu Bakr, Uthman, and Umar. Umar and Uthman with the Messenger of Allah. So he said, Be firm, O Uhud, because there is upon you a prophet, a Siddiq, and two martyrs. So here we see the Messenger use the name as Siddiq. And Abu Bakr was also named as Siddiq. Why? Because he was from the most believing of people of the Messenger of Allah. In fact, even in the most difficult of situations, when the Messenger of Allah, when he made Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, when he ascended, and the morning, uh, the morning after, the Mushrikeen from the Quraysh came mocking and laughing, and they came to Abu Bakr and said, "Your companion, you know, your companion, he's telling us that he travelled to Jerusalem." And then he ascended the heavens last night, all in one, all in one night, and he came back. And then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, "Well, if this is if this is what he said, then I believe I believe him. I believe him. And this is not more far. This is not any any different to the fact that he says that revelation comes to him, and I believe him in in that. So from this, you know, the fact that he believed the messenger of Allah in an issue just like that without hesitation." This is also from another angle why he's referred to as As-Siddiq. So this is the second of his titles, As-Siddiq. The third of his titles is As-Sahib, As-Sahib, which is the companion, the companion. And this itself is found in the Qur'an because the Messenger of Allah was told by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran illa tansuruhu faqad nasarahu Allah idh akhrajahu alladhina kafaru Allah says if you do not help him then indeed Allah helped him meaning the messenger of Allah Allah helped him when his people when those when those who disbelieved when they expelled him then he says thani athnaini idh huma fil ghar idh yaqulu li sahibihi La tahzan inna allaha ma'ana. The second of two, when they were both in the cave, when he said to his companion, meaning when the messenger said to his companion, meaning here Abu Bakr, do not grieve, for indeed Allah is with us. Surah At-Tawbah, Surah 9, verse 40. So here Abu Bakr is mentioned specifically. When Allah says, إِذْ يَقُولُ لِسَاحِبِهِ when the messenger said to his companion, this is as-sahib, the companion, which is taken from the verse in the Qur'an. And Ibn Hajr al-Asqalani, in fact, he says the intent by his companion is Abu Bakr without any dispute. And the hadith which mentioned Abu Bakr being in the cave are so well known that they are famous and well known. And no one besides Abu Bakr has shared with the Messenger of Allah in this excellence. The next name of Abu Bakr, now notice that all of these names are from revelation. Uh, meaning, it is either Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has mentioned this, or it is the Messenger of Allah who actually mentioned this label or title for Abu Bakr. So, the fourth name and title given to uh, Abu Bakr, which again is in the Quran. It is in Surah, we read in Surah Al-Layl. And here the name is Al-Atqa. Al-Atqa. So Al-Atqa means the one who fears Allah, the one who is pious. And we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Layl, in the 92nd Surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that far removed from hell will be Al-Atqa. Will be Al-Atqa. 
that the one who is al-atqa he will be far removed from hellfire who is al-atqa it is actually abu bakr because this whole this surah and what is mentioned in this surah it is it was actually revealed about abu bakr himself because abu bakr radiyallahu anhu would spend from his wealth in order to free some of the companions like Bilal bin Umayyah and Amir bin Fuhira. And he would spend from his wealth in setting free these slaves. And in this ayah, in, in this surah, in fact surah Al-Layl, it mentions about the one who spends from his wealth seeking the pleasure of Allah. And that he, the one who is Al-Atqa, he's the one who will be saved from the fire. So this surah is actually, actually revealed about Abu Bakr. And Al-Baghawi, in fact, he says that this surah, this verse in particular, and the surah in general, is revealed about Abu Bakr according to the saying of all of the authorities. According to the saying of all of the authorities. So now we have a fourth name, Al-Atqa, which is in the Quran itself. And the fifth one is uh, Al-Awwah, which means the fearful the awestruck, the one who is filled with the fear and awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is mentioned by Ibn Sa'ad in At-Tabaqat. And this indicates the awe and the fear of Allah. And Ibrahim al-Nakha'i, he said, Abu Bakr used to be called Al-Awwah due to his compassion and his mercy. His compassion and his mercy. So just uh, some brief information about his... Um, we mentioned already some of his features. We said he was white, complexion, very thin. And his izar would sometimes be slack. He was so thin, his izar around his waist would be slack. And it would fall sometimes. It would like be loose sometimes. And there wasn't much flesh on his face. His veins were visible. His shins were very small. He had very small shins. And his thighs were very thin. Were very thin. And he had a protruding forehead with sunken eyes. And these are some of the physical descriptions which had come. Now his father, as we said, was Uthman bin Amir, and his father was also called Abi Qahafa, and his father accepted Islam when Makkah was conquered. And as we said, his mother was Salma bin Sakhar, and she also accepted Islam at an early stage as well. So both his parents accepted Islam. Now Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, radiallahu anhu, he had four wives, he had four wives altogether, and from them, he had six children. Abu Bakr had six children. Three males and three females. So his wives, his wives were as follows. Qutayla bin Abdul Uzza. And she was divorced in Jahiliya. He left her in Jahiliya. As you can see from the name. Qutayla bin Abdul Uzza. This is a name, that, you know, the, the, a servant of Al-Uzza. This is from before Jahiliyyah. And so he divorced in Jahiliyyah. And then there is Umm Ruman bin Amir bin Uwaymir. And she is the mother of Abdurrahman and Aisha. Abdurrahman and Aisha. Aisha bint Abi Bakr, as Siddiq. And her brother Abdurrahman. So she is the mother of them too. She accepted Islam early on. This wife of Abu Bakr accepted Islam early on. And she migrated to Medina. And she died six hijra. And then there was Asma bin Umais. Asma bin Umais. She was one of, one of the first of the Muhajireen. She also accepted Islam very early on. And her husband was initially martyred. And then Abu Bakr married her. And Muhammad, who is the son, another son of Abu Bakr, then he was born through her. And many of the companions narrated from Muhammad the son of Abu Bakr, such as Umar, Abu Musa, Ibn Abbas, and others. And then the fifth wife, Habiba bin Kharija bin Zaid bin Abi Zuhair. And she was from the Ansar. She was from the Ansar. So he married her from the Ansar, and she gave birth to Umm Kulthum. Umm Kulthum. So this is just some detail about Abu Bakr, his life, his family. And then as for his virtues or something of his virtues, then uh, from them, 
is that in the hadith of Amr bin al-As radiyallahu anhu that he said to the messenger of Allah or said to the messenger of Allah who is the most beloved of the people to you and so he said Aisha Aisha radiyallahu anha and then it was said then who who from the men and he said Abuha Abuha her father and then Amr says and then who and then he said thumma Umar ibn al-Khattab and then Umar ibn al-Khattab so this is narrated by al-Bukhari al-Bukhari and uh, we also see many other things we already mentioned that Abu Bakr is mentioned a number of times in the Quran and we mentioned the ayah in surah al-Layl then also in another ayah in the Quran Allah says wallazi jaa bis-sidqi وَصَدَّقَ بِهِ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُتَّقُونَ Surah Az-Zumar, Surah 39, verse 33. This ayah, Allah says, And the one who came with a sidq with the truth, and the one who believed in the truth, وَصَدَّقَ بِهِ They are the ones who are the pious. And the Mufassirin explain that the one who came with a sidq is the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa and the one who believed in it was Saddaqa bihi, he is Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And in fact, this is yet another indication of the name given to Abu Bakr as Siddiq. As Siddiq. And also the we also mentioned the ayah about in the cave when Allah says, Idiyaqulu lisahibihi la tahzan. When he said to his companion, meaning Abu Bakr, do not grieve. Indeed, Allah is with us. And then Imam Ahmed, as we mentioned also in the narration previously, that Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, said that the most superior in this nation after its prophet is Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and then Umar. And Ibn Taymi rahimahullah, he said that it has been narrated from Ali radiallahu anhu from more than 80 different angles from 80 different roots and angles. So this is mutawatir from Ali radiallahu anhu. That he said, the best of this ummah after its prophet is Abu Bakr and then Umar. So we see that this is famous and well known from Ali. So well known and so famous. So famous that again it establishes that every rafidi has the aql of a donkey to believe in what he believes in. Because from Ali it is, there is no dispute that he said that he that he mentioned you know the likes the likes of these affairs and in fact even what we mentioned in, pre- in the previous lessons that al hussein when he was martyred many of his children were martyred as well and from his children who were martyred were those who were named abu bakr and umar and uthman and so on and so forth and these are things that the rafidi the, the scholars of the rafidi that they deliberately conceal from the common people otherwise you know that the fraud is is you know clearly known and and established. So anyway, uh, this is established by Tawatur from the uh, from the fourth Caliph Ali, radiAllahu anhu. And uh, we also have established before that many of the great Sahaba they took Islam, they, they they became Muslim by way of Abu Bakr, Uthman bin Affan, Zubair, Talha, Abdurrahman bin Auf, Saad bin Abi Waqqas, radiAllahu anhu. Abu Bakr was the first person to do what? To compile the Quran. To compile the Quran. He was the first of the people to compile the Quran. And he protected the Quran from you know, the shubuhat, from the things which might have cast doubt upon the Quran. He was the first person to call the Quran Mus'haf, to put it into a Mus'haf. And he was the first one to be called the Khalifa. Khalifa of the Muslims. He was the first one obviously to take the Khilafah whilst his father was alive. So he took the Khilafah, his father was still alive. And there are many other excellent virtues of the, you know, in relation to him. Um, we already mentioned the story of the Mushrikun and how they, you know, when they came to him after the messenger had been on the Al Isra al Miraj, and so he said, Indeed, if he said that, then I believe, I believe in him. So we also mentioned 
his firm belief and firm iman. And likewise in the Sahih of Al-Bukhari, from the hadith of Abu Darda, radiallahu anhu, who said that the Messenger of Allah said that indeed I have said to you, O people, that I am the Messenger of Allah to all of you. And you people said, Kadhabta. So he's talking out to the Christ. You people said to me that you were a liar. However, Abu Bakr said, Saddaqta. He said, You are the one who is truthful. Meaning, at the time when all of the Quraysh they rejected the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they said to him, Kadhabta. You've told a lie. You are a liar. Abu, ba- Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was the one who said, Saddaqta. You are truthful. Again, another angle from why he is called a Siddiq. Another narration to show why he is called a Siddiq. Um, and also we mentioned, yeah, so we have repetition of some of these things that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq is referred to in the ayah, that he who is pious, he is the one who will avoid and be saved from the fire. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, radiallahu anhu is narrated about him, that he spent 40,000 dinars. Now one dinar, it weighs 4.25 grams. 4.25 grams. And one gram of gold today is worth roughly 33 pounds. So one, di- one dinar as a whole should be roughly about 143 pounds. Multiply that by 40,000 and you get close to 6 million pounds. 6 million pounds. So a man spend six million pounds in aid of Islam and in aid of the, the companions, freeing the companions from slavery and feeding the poor and the needy and aiding the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So you can imagine the sacrifice made by Abu Bakr as-Siddiq alongside the fact that he was the first man to believe the messenger of Allah. And alongside the fact that he believed the messenger of Allah, that he was truthful in things that when the Quraysh were mocking and you know, river, making fun of issues like the uh, Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj. So this is Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. So this then is Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and he is the most virtuous of the companions without exception. And uh, we see also some other narrations from Al-Hasan uh, who said, Hubbu Abi Bakr wa Umar sunnah. That to love Abu Bakr and Umar is a sunnah. This is Al-Hasan, the son of Ali, the grandson of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And likewise, Malik bin Anas radiallahu anhu said, Kana salaf yu'allimuna abna'ahum hubba Abi Bakr wa Umar kama yu'allimuna surata min al-Qur'an that the Salaf used to teach their children to love Abu Bakr and Umar like they used to teach their children a chapter from the Qur'an. A chapter from the Qur'an. As is reported by Al-Lalaka'i in his book, Sharh, Usul, I'tiqad, Ahl Sunnati, Wal Jama'ah. And uh, we are, there are many other narrations, many other narrations like this, much more can be said, but we establish from all of this that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu is the greatest of people after the prophets and the messengers. So from this, the point of all of this, again, coming back now to the bigger picture in the poem that we are looking at, we see that the first issue of belief that Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah in what is ascribed to him, he mentions what? He mentions the Sahaba, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Because the Sahaba to us are like a great, strong, protective wall a wall around Islam, around the Qur'an, around the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, around the belief of the Muslims, around the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi And so therefore, any ill speech about any of these companions, then this is like a person who is coming, he's trying to demolish this wall. He wants to demolish this wall because he wants to demolish what lies behind it, which is, you know, which is, which is basically he wants to attack the messenger of Allah, sallallahu He wants to attack Islam. He wants to attack the Sunnah. He wants to attack the belief, the Tawheed of Allah. 
But this is how we treat anyone who tries to venture into the honor and the status of the companions of Allah's Messenger So because of that, because we treat the companions to be like a wall, a fortress, then we see that this wall and this fortress needs to be maintained. Because over time, it becomes weak. And so how is this maintained and protected? Just like we saw in that narration, that the Salaf used to teach their, their children to love the companions, Abu Bakr and Umar, just like they used to teach them a surah of the Qur'an. So this wall is protected by way of instilling love in the hearts of the Muslims, as it relates to the companions of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So therefore the companions, the issue of the companions is from the greatest of the issues, as we keep saying, in the hearts and minds and beliefs of the Muslims, because this itself is the actual protection of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why we see here a mention of the virtues. When we mention the virtues of Abu Bakr, when we mention the virtues of Umar and Uthman and Ali and then all of the Sahaba specifically, so amongst them is the one who is an alim, a scholar, amongst them is the one who is a mujahid, amongst them is the one who is spends from his wealth. So we see all the different virtues, the different qualities and characteristics, we see them manifest in the Sahaba. Because why? It is a result of the message that they accepted and acted upon. These virtues that we see from them, piety, iman, truthfulness, righteousness, honesty, generosity, all the excellent bravery, you know, the greatest qualities that you can imagine, that all of them are manifest in, in, in the Sahaba. So therefore, we see that in the poetry, the Sahaba are given are given first position. They are the first issue which is dis- discussed. حُبُّ الصَّحَابَةِ كُلِّهِمْ لِمَذْحَبٌ وَمَوَدَّةُ الْقُرْبَى بِهَا أَتَوَصَّلُ وَلِكُلِّ مِنْهُمْ فَضْلٌ وَقَدْرٌ وَفَضْلٌ سَاتِعٌ وَلَكِنَّمَا السَّدِيكُ مِنْهُمْ أَفْتَلُ So, the Sahaba, all of them, I love all of the Sahaba, without exception, as a school of doctrine, and uh, the near relatives, I seek to whistle to Allah by way of them. And every single one of them has a uh, has a, an excellence, a position, and virtues and excellences. However, a Siddiq is the excellent from all of them. So with that, we finish uh, today's lesson. And inshallah ta'ala, in the next lesson, we will speak about the companions again, just from the angle of some of the issues that occurred from them and the ruling on reviling the companions and ruling on reviling the mother of the belie- the mothers of the believers and we'll discuss these issues inshallah ta'ala in the next lesson and that will conclude our discussion of the fourth line of poetry and then we can move to the first major issue of belief after the companions of Allah's messenger which is the attribute of al-kalam the attribute of al-kalam the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alhamdulillah rabbil alamin wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in